Hey guys, Adam here with a quick heads up. The following episode you're listening to has a few issues. Basically, a few sound files got lost and had to be recreated. Because of the delay, we had less time to edit it and the episode may sound a bit rough as a result. With that said, thanks for sticking around and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Zelda Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. My name is Adam, as always. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have any of your own fan topics, theme song submissions covered, or anything like that, feel free to send that to us at zeldainformerpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's zeldainformerpodcast at gmail.com. That opening that you just heard was brought to us by Brendan Company, and this week's closing theme, as always, is Hero of Time Remix by Jish. Before we get into this week's episode and who's on it, I want to talk a little bit about what news happened this past week. Triforce Heroes received a lukewarm welcome, YouTube opens a subscription-based service, and the Star Wars hype train kept rolling this week with a new trailer. Once again, my name is Adam, and this week I'm happily joined by... Uh, the Force awakened in my dreams last night, uh, and so did I, after I woke up. Hey guys, what's up, it's Chris, uh, your resident, uh, Star Wars fanatic fan, alongside my, my brother Adam over here. Um, actually he's over there, but uh, <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> Glad to have you with us. Thanks. Great Scott! This is Colin. It's Back to the Future Day. I'm quite pleased. <laughs> it won't be when they listen to this, though, so the joke's Why don't you, you make like a tree and get out of here? Oh. I was hoping you'd say go to hell, as is tradition. Uh, well, no, because I have to actually quote the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. It's It's... Listen, I opened up my after. bottle of per- Pepsi Perfect, and it was like, you are legally obligated to quote this movie throughout <laughs> the course of the entire day. And last but not least, we have Luke. Hello, I'm Luke, <laughs> uh, the interchangeable Aussie, as uh, if you follow our Twitters. Um, I have got the um, announcement for who won the competition, but you will have to wait till the end of the episode, because I'm not yeah. like that. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> You have to listen to our dumb opinions now. Or they could just scrub to the last seconds of the episode. Adam, shut up. This is your show. (laughs) (laughs) They could still do it. (laughs) No, you can't. It's not possible. Technology doesn't (laughs) exist yet. We didn't invent uh, fast forwarding yet. But how are we going to talk about games we played this week? I know. How are we going to talk about games we played this week? Why don't you start us off and show us how to do it, Colin? Yes, I will. I, I play the uh, game. I play the game over this the... week. <laughs> Simmer down, folks. Simmer down, children. Um, over the weekend was my birthday, so I happy got a birthday! Yeah, video games. Yay. Yay. So I got a few video games, uh, new ones. I got Yoshi's Woolly World. Mm-hmm. Boo! Just kidding. Had, just kidding. A game that I had no intention of getting. How dare you, then... boo Yoshi's Woolly World, sir? I learned that it came with the amiibo, so I asked for it, and uh, it's a good game. It's it's like. It's like Yoshi's Island, but cuter. With for two people, if you have yeah. a, if you have a sig fig, girlfriend, boyfriend, other f- friend, get get the game, play it with them. Actually, it's the cutest playing, date night game you'll ever play. I was play. playing with the uh, the co op, like because when you scan in it, scan in the uh, Yoshi amiibo, mm-hmm. it gives you a co op partner, and it was actually really annoying. That's probably because you're you're controlling two characters with one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot harder to do. It was a pain in the ass, but I like how you can scan in. Any amiibo. Mm-hmm. 
and Yoshi will have like a new costume based yeah, on yeah. Amiibo. They, so I had like a Duck Hunt oh, Amiibo. Cool. Uh, so I had a Duck Hunt Yoshi. It was really great. I don't know if we produced the video, but we did play it. Thirty three, and we did have the Zelda skin up. I know I was having a lot of trouble with it at first, but Zeon managed to breeze through it. Cause I'm there's, it's issue. interesting because there's two control styles. There's an A control style and there's a B control uh, style. And the B style is a lot more natural than the A style. So it's weird. Colin, what about the C oh, style? That's weird. Um, this is an N64, so you can get out. Oh, <laughs> uh, the next weird. game I played uh, or received was a import, Puyo Puyo Tetris. It's a combination of probably two of the best puzzle games to have ever been made. Uh, Puyo Puyo is a game that is not really released in the U.S. It's only been released in the U.S. once under the guise of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. So, there you go. And Tetris <laughs> is Tetris. Very fun. And then the last game I got was the uh, remastered Uncharted trilogy, because I like Uncharted. Nice. So, there you I go. Really, I would love to pick that up if I could. <laughs> it's good. It's I mean, they're they're good action games. Yeah. Adam, first you got to find love for the PS4. First I have to own a PS4. I I recently had a I figure a... you'd have to find love for it before you can own one. <laughs> That's true. But uh I recently had some issues uh cuz Colin sent me Wolfenstein the Old Blood and I was really excited to play it this week. And I tried to boot it up and my computer is outdated. I finally uh I finally have to upgrade it. <laughs> Pretty sad feeling. I've owned this computer for like eight years. It's been it's been faithful to me. And now I have to replace it. Because most of the parts, I think, have to be completely replaced. Because like the connectors are even outdated. Um, so like even if we're at a buy uh, a new CPU and a new video card, I'd probably have to throw out all my other stuff because all of it connects to uh, the CPU. Uh, you would definitely have to get a new motherboard. Yeah, and that that's outdated as heck, um, which sucks. But that's that's life. Um, so I didn't get to play that this week. That was going to be my new game this week. Uh, but I think was it last week after the episode that we played Jackbox, or was that two weeks ago? Yeah, that was it la was after last week. Last week. Yeah, that yeah. was last week. Oh, that was last week. So yeah, we played. We didn't talk about it yet. Then yet. Oh yeah, the Jackbox Party Pack Two is probably. Um the best collection of party games. It's, so is the first one. It, but They're it's better great. than the first one. And that's yeah, good. It's it's arguably better. Which was, is great. It was exciting because some of the answers that they put that were lies were like real we actually thought that they oh, were they, real answers. They boosted up the difficulty. We with should probably Fibbage. explain that before. So, so Fibbage, what it does is it's a game where you play with uh it give you a quote or a fact or something, but they leave uh, a piece of it blank and it's up to everyone in the game to guess what that extra piece is the catch is is once everyone does that then everybody votes on which answer they think is right and part of the game is to fool people into clicking on your answer instead of the real one so if it says like um in 1984 30 puppies ran a marathon but it leaves out the 30 you could put in your own number and you're trying to trick people like thir if you know it was 30 you could put like 31 or 29 Something like that, you know, try to trick people. Or sometimes you could just write butts and just try to make people laugh because sometimes people just vote for the one that makes them laugh. Um, but it was good because the part, the second one has this thing called Bombs Corp. And myself, Chris, Colin, uh, and our friend Alfred, Paper Box House, he was on a previous episode, uh, Paper Box House on Twitter, 
we were screaming at each other for like three hours uh, because we were trying to defuse bombs. We kept exploding. Uh, but Bomb Corp is interesting because everyone gets a piece of the instruction booklet. And sometimes those instructions will uh, argue against each other or make corrections uh, to other pages. So it's really a game of working together and trying to make sure that all your facts are straight before you start cutting wires. Yeah, it's a great game. If you have $25, pick it up. It's on Steam. It's on Xbox One. It's a great game to uh, stream. It's a great game to play with friends. There is even an audience feature. Uh, so if we ever do streaming, maybe we'll play it. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, yeah. What were you going to say, Luke, before I interrupted you? Um, this week, I have been playing um, Tales from the Borderlands. Um, the recent new episode came out. Um, really? How was it? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Um, it's definitely worth playing if you're a fan of Borderlands or Telltale Games or both. Um, it's very fun. Um, and it costs about $30 on Steam, um, US dollars. How um, much is it in dollar reduce? So, yeah. Uh, that would be about 35, I believe. Um, and by the way, that is just absolutely gross. Did you see that petition to get Australian currency changed right to dollar reduce? Yes, I did. And I, it's just complete <laughs> horrible. See, I showed that to Katie and not. her immediate reaction was, we've been wanting this to happen since that episode aired. <laughs> I was like, Katie, keep on being you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chris. Yo. What have you played this past week? Adam, you're going to kill me. And I just started playing this. Well, like I am yesterday. already killing you. <laughs> uh, I was gifted a game uh, by the legendary name known as uh, Undertale. Ooh. And it was, oh my God, it's such a, it is such a cute and great game. Honestly, like I'm really enjoying it. Why There's am I going to so kill much... you? Oh, because you've been wanting it forever and you don't have it. No, I have yeah, it. I, I played it. Oh, you do have it. Yeah, oh, okay. and I gifted I one to Colin because I wanted him to play it. Oh, yeah. thanks for gifting it to me. I had my was, buddy gift it to me. It was me. his birthday. <laughs> yeah, it was a birthday. Yeah, Mine was actually you did give me a game for my birthday. Thank you, Adam. I've You're also welcome. been playing that game. If you look at my Steam activity, you could see I've been playing the yeah. shit out of that game. Which game um, is that again? I think it was like Game Dev Tycoon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I made I made like my own version of Pokemon and I called it Battlemon and it's been my hit success. Everything after that's been failure after failure. Yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. (laughs) No, but it's great. I am like, wow, this is what it's like to be a game dev. I want to kill myself. Um, (laughs) but it was, yeah. But uh, Undertale even better because like just the comedy in that game, just like because I have such a a dark sense of like humor i guess you could say like i'm just looking at everything bad in the game not that the game is bad or anything but like all the the terrible themes that i could just stir up mm-hmm. and it's just so apparent and it just makes the game all the better um i don't know if i guess i can't spoil it just go play it it's great yeah play it okay um we're probably going to talk a little bit about undertale just because okay. we really want we've been wanting to talk about it for a little while now um so if you haven't played Undertale, skip to 22 minutes and you'll be fine. I just inserted whatever time we stopped talking about Undertale at. Um, oh, you want to talk about it right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to I'm just going to let people know. I haven't actually um, finished playing Undertale yet. So, oh, <laughs> all right. Just like uh, mute your audio, I guess, and we'll. Hint you back in. He can't mute yeah. his ears. Adam. He can mute the audio. <laughs> I just like 
I'll just stop paying attention. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, I guess we'll start. So three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome to the Undertale podcast. <laughs> My name is Chris. Before we get into the news this week, so, I just want to talk about Undertale. I, uh, <laughs> Hylix went on sale. Hylix did go on sale, so get that game if you haven't. But yeah, I just want to talk about how I really love how this game has the pacifist route in a yes, way that's, oh my God. that's not obnoxious and it's not insanely harder than playing the, action, the game normally. No, in fact, it's more intuitive if you do it the pacifist yeah. route. I just and... want to mention something while we're on the topic of this. Um, last week, I had played Undertale, and Adam had brought it up, but I was hesitant <clears throat> to say anything. And uh, the reason being is because the game and everyone who has purchased the game has actually advertised the pacifist or genocide uh, route in the game. Mm -hmm. And I honestly uh, think that it's kind of wrong. To bring it up and kind of, and kind of spoils the whole twist of the game. They should have. They could have advertised it better. That's like they could have done they, a. They could have said try being nice. That's like if they were saying, "Oh, look, there's a new Metal Gear. You can either do an all killing, uh, run and get one ending, or you can do an all stealth, uh, run and get a true ending." I mean, they, like, that yeah, usually I, is I mean, Metal like Gear, but of... it does kind of kill the. Yeah. Um, but it's nice how this game doesn't really it it has the pacifist like mode of like a lot of stealth games, but without relying on those mechanics, without relying on you sneaking past enemies or avoiding situations. Uh, oh yeah, you it, can it, just they do it in a better way. Uh, almost, I mean, not that it's a different way, but I mean, like, it's I feel like you really need to pace yourself, unlike. Where in like a stealth game you can like take risks and stuff mm -hmm. like that, sort of. And sometimes those right. risks. You also don't game. miss out on anything. The game doesn't. You don't lose the the parts of the combat that make the game fun. You don't lose the the shooter aspects of the. I'm sorry, the bullet hell aspects of the game's combat by doing the pacifist route because you still have to go through all those sequences every time you fight someone. It also makes combat yeah. much more interesting because it actually engages you when the enemy is attacking. It's not just oh they go I go they go I go. It's you're in the middle of a of a fight with someone, and you're actually actively trying to avoid their attacks. Yeah, and honestly, like I just think that that the, it just adds on to the whole like theme mm -hmm. of like you just being you're you're a kid, you're in a whole new world, like mm -hmm. you're you're nothing compared to these monsters. So but they, there's some cool things that they do that I really also wanted to bring up. I I mean, you you're not nothing compared to these monsters. You. No, I mean, you're, you're not you're, you're not nothing. as strong, but you definitely have some abilities that you can play to your advantage. Uh, because yeah. the whole thing about you having a stronger soul because you're human uh, yeah. really comes into play. So, so your communication abilities are way better than theirs. Right, right. Um, but there's some cool things about like how the colors change, how enemies attack. There's one of my favorite boss fights, even though it it frustrated me the most, was against the uh, the spider. Because fantastic Ooh. boss fight. Music's great. It's it's really cool. It changes up the same the the style of mechanics by locking you into these three uh, uh, layers. Uh, so your vertical is is like like disjointed. It's sort of like a jump between each of the three uh, platforms, and then the, you slide on each one like string. Um, but then it'll move the 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 camera and stuff um, in rhythm with the music. So there is sort of like a 
almost a dancing element to it. But it, it, I found myself getting almost lost in the music because of that. I would it's get like rhythmic. Yeah, <laughs> and it it kind of throws you off if you uh if you try to play to the rhythm as opposed to trying to actually pay attention to the combat. No, that that reminds me of like. Another game where they do that, like in the HD remake of a uh, Sly, uh, Sly Cooper, Devious mm-hmm. Raccoon number one. In the first game, there was a mechanic where, like, you face one of the bosses and the music would be on beat. The beat would be like on par with the, uh, and by on par, I just mean like it'd be equal to like the combat moves to where in the HD remake they didn't do that, so it confused the hell out of everyone who played it, and um, kind of so ruins the mechanic. Yeah, it it did, and they and I would think like, wow, they didn't even patch this or anything. It kind of sucked. I did a playthrough in that on my uh, on my Let's Play channel. If anyone wants to check that out, uh, Meek and you hear us complain. Yeah, Meek Productions. You and you hear us complaining about that. Like, wow, I can't believe they did this, and it took us like a, a, at least four tries to get past the level. Just that is pretty it. disappointing. Um, yeah. I going back to Undertale. The another boss fight that I really liked um, was uh, Undyne. The music is for that fight is probably one of my favorites in the entire game. The game's music is phenomenal. It's really it's well. it's crazy to think that someone made this game with an RP with RPG maker and usually it would associate that with low quality games but there is, this is there is something I do have issue with though with the game style mm-hmm. and that's the game's graphics. I'm usually not like I I usually don't worry myself over, you know, graphics in a video game. But I feel like the art style in this game was like weird because it was going for like half eight bit, half like Apple II old outline <laughs> graphics. You know what I'm saying? Right. I thought you, was... don't, you don't think it worked out? I, I, I thought it was weird because, you know, in the the boss fights, all of the um all well, the regular list encounters, everything just looks so like super basic. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't know. I, I, oh, you mean the, the, the whole maybe, black and white aspect of a lot of the fights? Yeah, where everything's like an outline. Yeah, that's, it's that's just, it made me more interested in the game to be honest. Like me playing, I'm just like, all right, I don't have to worry about all these crazy things. Or, like, I mean, 3D. The the fights BS. themselves. I mean, the thing that kind of this is this is a personal aspect. I didn't really like how in Earthbound the background was like all a like this like weird like 70s kind of like yeah, wave visuals. Yeah. Um. I liked how colors are very important in com in the combat. Like if a co- if there's a color showing up, it's re- it really matters, and so the background doesn't feel out of place. You could say though that they could have just had the black box underneath, um, but it would kind of like underneath the little combat square that your character moves in. But it would kind of ruin a few battles later on, which do kind of break that box, uh, which is kind of neat. Like, uh, I think yeah. there's one where you, you have a little, like, turret shooter in there, mm-hmm. and part of what you do is you're supposed to shoot uh, the other character. I'm not saying I didn't, I, I, like, I hated the graphics, so it stopped right. me from playing. I just thought that it was a little jarring you, sometimes. And, would you have, you'd say that there would have, there could have been a better solution for that? I feel like um, if they had just gone with gone with one style of pixel you wanted art, more consistency or if, or if the game was actually on a retro console uh i would have been okay with it right do you think they could port it he could port it to a retro console i mean i could see the game easily running on like an atari 8-bit computer i'm you sure think, someone what about would... the music though 
They would, I mean, they would have to obviously bit crunch the music, right? Because they is... have to go from a full MIDI file to chip tunes. But yeah. I mean, I've heard some people do like chip tune versions of the Undertale music, and it sounds perfectly fine. I think that, that this game is probably the best indie game I've played this year, other than uh, Rocket League. Is Rocket I... League an indie game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Uh, oh, jeez. Wow. Rocket... Yeah, Rocket League okay. and Undertale probably my top two indie games this year, and probably some of my top, probably in my top five for this year in games. There's, there's still a lot of. Um, I, I still haven't played too much of Undertale. I think I've played maybe a few hours of it, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of really great indie games this year that I've enjoyed. Uh, Duck Game. Go check out Duck, Duck game, game. Is fantastic. Duck Game is. Uh, Duck Game might be my top. Pick I need to get that, that game. We need to do a game night for that. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. But, um, it's, I mean, it's a really good game. It's a good arena shooter. Very polished, very funny. Also, Undertale, which is what I was referring to, is a really good game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, for $10, there's really no reason to skimp out on it. It's, yeah, it deserves your money. Yeah. I think that it, it's a fair price for what it offers. And I think that, uh, it speaks well of the maker. The developer. I, I just want to say, uh, Flowey, the Flowers, character. <laughs> really? Just, no, just the intro of the game. I wasn't expecting that at all. I was, and when I was like, wait, what? Yeah, same. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got to say about that. It's great. <laughs> anyway, game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag Luke back in. All right. So we're ending it. Uh, yeah. Mainly because not not to end discussion early. Just I'm that, around. Uh, every week when we uh, get ready for a podcast, Adam sends us a long laundry list of topics, and I have to say that this week I love every single one <laughs> of these fan topics, and I, I really like. I love dip. two specifically because they mentioned my name. In do you want to? Do you want to go <laughs> yeah, in order weird. of of mention? I would. I would. I would actually love to answer every single one of these and, in order. And yes. Okay, let's. Go. I would actually really like that. Okay, so let's go in order. Um, first one comes from a fan named Austin. Austin says, "Hey Adam, I'm listening to last week's episode, and you mentioned coffee for the gazillionth time, and I suddenly got curious. <laughs> what is your favorite coffee? How do you take?" My current favorite is Old Town French by Thanksgiving company, co- Coffee Company in California. Keep doing what you do. Austin from Rockland. Thank you, Austin. Um, Well, since I'm in college and I'm broke, I can't really afford my favorite coffee. Uh, I usually like to drink... Um, My favorite brand is probably Lavazza. Uh, they're an Italian company. I haven't had them since I was in high school because that was what my family used to always get because we had it imported. Um, But right now, I, I like to peruse my local coffee shops and i really just let them choose what beans they want to use uh they usually do fantastic stuff um my favorite coffee would probably be um i forget what it's called uh there's this there's this thing where you take it's basically like you take a cappuccino but then you put a a scoop of coffee ice cream in there tastes fantastic um that or oh i know okay um, that not uh, a large latte, or just uh, just a uh, black coffee. Not Adam, mm-hmm. I, I just ha- just just really quick, really quick, calling because uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Adam. So when I went to your parents' place, uh, mm-hmm. or the last two times I went, you you made me some delectable uh, coffee substances <laughs> that I they were to die for. <laughs> uh, what what were they again? So because uh, I'm not a coffee man, but you are. I made so you, you a so you... I made you I think a cappuccino. 
a cappuccino, but like, what was in this cappuccino? Just steamed milk, coffee, and uh, sugar. I put a little bit of honey, what? I think. And what kind of coffee was it? Lavazza. That was the Lavazza brand. You see, guys, Lavazza cappuccinos with a little bit of honey in them. That's that's the good stuff. That's the Adam brand. I like to say. Also, so I think I gave you a little, like a a pinch of like cocoa powder, a smidget, something. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah, two sugars, uh, lots of cream, no froth. I don't like froth. Uh, I'd like to say for everyone uh, repping in New York, specifically the city, um, mm-hmm. the Meatball Shop, which is one of my favorite restaurants in the city, they they do um, they do the espresso with a scoop of ice cream. Espresso, it. yeah, it's uh, Espr- it's, oh, espresso. it's fantastic. <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm you know, it's fine. It's, it's, it's a right it's a now. common no, mistake no, no, that no, everyone both makes. You. Um, both of you. It's it's so delightful. Um, Agarato. Yeah, I forgot what we were talking about before. Thank you. Uh, it's such a delightful little drink. If you if you go to a place and they have it, that's probably a good place. Uh, try it. It's it's wonderful. Even if you don't like coffee, it's very sweet. It's very delicious because you're using ice cream as like your your sweetener and your creamer. So, man, it's currently I've just been sticking to uh, cold brew coffee. Cold brew is also love, fantastic. I love it's probably some cold my brew favorite because there's no bitterness, I, um, there's no harshness. It's very smooth and it's it's uh easy to enjoy straight. I like Dunkin' Donuts sweet tea. It's not a coffee. <laughs> I like tea too. I like tea more than coffee, but I coffee's love tea always like coffee. great. I like Southern style sweet tea uh, uh, from like any brand. Um, <laughs> I like Publix green tea for all you Floridians out there because Publix is the best. Uh, screw Vons in California, uh, but that's all I got to say about that. All right. Uh, do you want to get to the next fan topic? Hell yes. All right. Owen asks Adam, Wind Waker or Skyward Sword? No. Next topic. Sure. <laughs> uh, Adam, Wind Waker. Choose one. Yeah. Okay. Good. I agree. Uh, Wind agree. Waker for gameplay, <laughs> Skyward Sword for visuals. Um. Okay. What's so this may be. To you, I'm sorry. Maker. What's more important to you? Ooh. Gameplay or visuals? Uh, okay. I that's... actually really like the visuals. Gameplay. You're... What? What is? This... Okay. Because I feel like that's. I feel like it's a loaded question. That's completely different. Topic. Yeah. I have a loaded gun. I'm putting it at your head. Choose one. Uh, I mean, obviously, gameplay matters most, but the fact that the the visuals don't really stand up to par is what kills it for me, because it's mm-hmm. it's it like I understand if a company doesn't have a lot of money or something behind something, but they went with a, an art style that just doesn't look right to me. It really throws me out of the element, and it really helps makes it hard to enjoy the game with what they did. So, gameplay matters first, but. It's hard to make just gameplay with nothing to look at. Uh, anyway, let's get to our next fan topic. Okay, so this may be a bizarre question, but I just got to ask. Of any of the links, or you guys yourselves can answer this yourself. I'm sorry. Of any of the links, or you guys yourselves can answer this as well. What kind of man do you think he is? Is he an ass man? Or I don't know if you can say tits on the show. Uh... Or maybe a thighs man, leg man, hand man. What kind of man is he? Uh, He's an ears man. For <laughs> he likes dem hylians. Uh, yeah, those those pointy he, ass ears. He likes girls that are are wise and smart and princesses and uh, named Zelda. So what that's, I think about that's I've the... only ever seen one like, uh, if I'm allowed to say this, busty type of woman in the Legend of Zelda games. Uh, because He's usually a shop owner. Yeah, it's usually an older motherly figure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Link doesn't have a type because his type is just Zelda. 
Link just does everyone. That's that's. I mean, you guys have. If you got pointy ears, does, then expect you know, Link behind you. In the oh next, my god! Like five seconds. All right, let's uh, let's go to the next you... one because I just wanted to spend a minute on that one. If anything, uh, <laughs> and Colin, if he is on this episode, oh, there's no shame in getting I... Sen- Senran Kagura two Deep Crimson, especially the double D edition. Sadly, I couldn't especially. wait to get it in store or mail, so I downloaded the game and didn't get the double D edition. I just wanted to say, I didn't say that there's shame in getting the game. I think, I think I, the game is great, and it's fun, and you should buy it. But there's shame in I'm flagging just in saying, public. don't play it in public, especially on a public transport where people can kind of lean over and see the screen. That might not be the best situation. Public decency. But, but yeah, but go for it. Go buy the game. Spend your hard-earned Hide it behind on... the bookcase in your secret little cubby. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of downloads, sorry, Adam, that this goes on, but how do you guys feel about getting a downloaded game, but because of that, you don't get the addition that you wanted along with the game, especially if it's a day one kind of thing? Tell Chris to come up with some more Squirrel and Girl Scout cookie stories. I enjoyed random yak coming out of his mouth. Martin. Thank you, Martin, for your topic. Yak. So basically what he's asking is, how do you guys feel about getting a game online via download instead of getting the the day one edition or the special edition stuff because oftentimes you end up just getting the bare bones game and then have to buy all the dc dlc by itself which can often cost more okay i can actually relate to this i i I don't get digital copies i get physical copies because i actually can relate to this i uh, a couple years ago pikmin 3 was released mm -hmm. on the uh on the wii u and i bought the digital copy Mm -hmm. because i just wanted you know to own the game then and there but like the game has been out of print for about a year now, and it's worth a lot more. So, I mean, I kind of feel bad that I don't own a physical copy, because now it's actually, like, worth something than just a right. random digital download. Right, but do you guys do you guys see that you necessarily need to own it physically, other than, like, just resale purposes or collector's um, value? I, I, I've actually had this problem, especially with the, the current-gen consoles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct this less toward Nintendo, more towards Microsoft and Sony. With the console issues, um, my issue being is that on both consoles, I want to get physical copies because I don't want to use my hard drive data. But now they require me to install my full game on the consoles for me to play my game, and I do not agree with that at all because now I have to pay—not not that I have to pay—but like now I have all my space on my Xbox One taken up with just maybe twelve games, and right. like. That Same, is the issue, like is that there's not a lot up. of space allotted for that sort of thing. No, and and I really don't like having... And that's I want discs because of the fact that, alright, I have whatever's on the disc, and then whatever other patches or stuff that I'll have, I'll have on online. I mean, I'll most people still prefer drive. to buy physical copies. We've seen statistics that, that suggest that heavily. And people still Dude. like having physical games, discs on the shelf. People like that, that thing that you can hold their hands. IndieBox, which is a great company, by the way, if you want some cool indie game thing, they sell boxed versions of indie games uh and they often come with like stickers and little guide booklets and the box and everything so just like you would buy back in the day um but for indie games so uh if you are interested in physical games uh go to indiebox.com uh they're not sponsoring us if you would like to sponsor us email us at gmail uh, gmail email us at zeldinformerpodcast at gmail.com um <laughs> anyway um i absolutely love um the like getting hard copies of games like i'd be driving mm-hmm. home from um whenever i bought a new game and i'd be like opening it and reading the 
cover of the game and all the uh, instruction booklet and everything like that. It used to be my favorite right. thing to I, do. Right, this is in 1985, guy. We don't read play, instruction booklets. I remember when I was younger and I used to get GameCube games, I would get so excited I would open it in the car and I'd read the little booklet on the way home from Toys R Us or something and I'd like read it back and forth, back and forth. Um, and then I popped the game in. I remember especially uh, I got a... What was that one with the giant egg? Billy... Billy Hatcher. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but I remember getting that, and I remember waiting in the car and reading through that specifically. Um, there's rarely, a, like, a time where I need a special limited edition of a game. Like, a limited game... Limited edition version of a game. Um, so it's not really a bad thing, especially, uh, with things like Steam. I really use digital downloads a lot. Uh, when yeah, it comes I to, like, gifting things, it's really easy to do. Yeah. Uh, and oftentimes the digital, like the the deluxe version, usually just includes stuff that I don't want. Uh, there's a sometimes it'll be the soundtrack or like a, a digital art hey, book, and sometimes I'll be, be interested in that. Um, no, I, I I see what you're saying. I I will say I've actually, for me, it's like I'll buy a game physically, and then if a few years later, I'll and I'm on Steam, I'm looking at libraries of you know the third party games they have on Steam, and say, oh, I have this game, but I don't have it with all this stuff. Yeah, I'll buy it for my PC. I'll buy it on Steam because it's, it's a, it's cheaper and it's too, it's digital. But I'm, I'm really for physical first, then digital. Just because, yeah, I, I have that same, that sentimental feel towards opening the box and stuff. But now it sucks because a lot of games don't even come with instruction booklets in it anymore. It's like, oh, it's digital. It comes, it, it just, when you put the disc in your, your PlayStation, your Xbox, it's like, oh, okay, here's the, uh, the digital instruction manual. At least for, uh, for a lot of PlayStation games. I know that's the case. I don't mind it, you know. Um, physical copies of uh, downloadable games, I think, are really neat. I got a uh, physical copy of Retro City Rampage for the PS4. And I that's think awesome. It's like the coolest yeah. thing. <laughs> but you know what I really hate? This is a current trend, especially on Nintendo consoles. This is bothering the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. I really hate how some publishers are getting like so afraid that their game will not sell well that they're just putting... Even though they're full, you know, price retail games, they're just doing digital only copies. Uh, most importantly, uh, the Ace Attorney games on 3DS and Fatal Frame 5, which comes out tomorrow. Is uh, all the Ace Attorney games are only digital copies now? Right now on the 3DS, they are only digital. You can only get oh. Ace Attorney 5 um, digitally, and the Ace Attorney trilogy is also digital only. That's Ex- dumb. Interestingly enough, the crossover with Professor Layton got a physical copy. Because they mm-hmm. are smart, and Professor Layton sells. There you um, go. I'm, I'm not saying Phoenix Wright doesn't, because I'm pretty sure Phoenix Wright has Phoenix a Wright good track sells record. A yeah, lot. It's, it, I think something like Apollo Justice, which is one of the worst games in the franchise, in my opinion, sold something like I, I, like five million or something. Like they they they're decent sellers. I mean, yeah, I don't see why not. That's they all want to. I think it's what the, the the whole market shift toward the digital era, like you know, every, let's make everything digital now so we can cut out the middleman is the is the idea, you know? Yeah. I mean, but that's it's not going to happen right now. That's why digital games and you know physical games are the same price. I will say I think... got a physical copy of Super Luigi U. Smart. <laughs> I actually waited the extra month to get that physical copy instead of because uh... it's cool because it comes in the green case and it looks great on a uh, shelf. Yeah. There you go. Like I. I... I don't like that idea that like a digital game costs the same amount as the you know physical full price game and everything, and you know because it's dumb. It's like all right, so I'm getting le- I, 
although it's just a box and a piece of paper on the inside, you're still getting less than what you would be, like, if you actually got the physical copy. And I understand why, and that's okay, like, why that is. But at some point in time, they're going to need to figure this out. Like, hey, we need a we need to rework our our structure, like our with our business partners, with people like Walmart or GameStop or you know anyone that sells video games to begin with. You mm-hmm. know, um, if you guys remember way back in um, when the Xbox was originally coming out, uh, the Xbox One, um, they were doing the no pre-owned uh, games and. GameStop actually said that they were no longer going to sell the Xbox One until they um, fixed it and made pre-owned games that's, available. That's exactly it, but the, they realized they can't cut out the middleman, which is, you know, Amazon, GameStop, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, because those are the people that sell their consoles, you know? And, like, those are the people that also sell, like, games on shelves. And you have so many people in play with this. The entire gaming industry, they... That's what you know. That's where they have to go for these things. You can't just cut out all these stores just to make everything digital and make it all cheaper and make you guys more money. Because mm-hmm. in all honesty, like games don't cost sixty dollars, like for a reason. Or, or they, they I mean, let me rephrase that. Games don't cost sixty dollars in general, but they have to raise the price up to sixty dollars to cover every other cost, like for distribution, the shipping, all that Di- stuff. Yeah, it's distribution especially. The distribution is like. Physical copy distribution is why games are sixty dollars, and it's also why digital games are sixty dollars because mm-hmm. they can't lower the price of digital games because then they're competing, and they all all these contracts would be like null and void if they did that, and then everyone would be screwed. Yeah, they don't want to piss off uh, retailers. They really can't. If they did, they would be out of. They they don't have stores set up to sell these things. They don't have the shipping set up to distribute these games. They can't screw over Amazon. They can't screw over Best Buy. If they Tech- do, they're not going to have. Uh, they're not gonna have an industry, and no, they know that's that. exactly right. It's actually now that I think about it. You know, Microsoft does have a store, but there's not Microsoft stores everywhere, not as much as there are every other store that sells. Mm-hmm. You know, Xboxes. There's no PlayStation stores as like physical stores that you could walk into and get. You know, Sony products or whatever. There is there is Sony stores, but they don't sell. There was. They're all gone now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the issue. I mean, it's kind of funny how the whole point of digital is that it's it's cheaper to produce and it's easier to get but like you can get physical copies for far cheaper than a digital copy you could but i mean it's, it's still distribution is like is the worst part especially for like a new release game yeah like just uh, I, I don't have a problem with it i'm just saying like i hate the idea that like I, actually, I, I guess I do have a problem with it. I just hate the, this whole digital idea that, like, oh, they they want to cut out, like, the middleman. But the middleman needs money, too. The middleman needs business. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. I mean, Steam is a middleman. A lot of these Steam, companies are... Steam is... I don't know. They I feel like they're independent of all this, in a way. Because they could really sell games for whatever they want. Because they make money from everything. Like, Valve makes money from everything with, like, with this platform. And... I don't even know how it works out. You'd figure they'd be losing money, but they're not. Why would you think they would be losing money? Selling games cheaper or what? Like no, there's else. no physical. There's no physical upkeep for the games. Like the most they have to do is keep servers up, and that's cheaper. And a lot of companies do that anyway. Also, no, no, no. They I'm don't... talking about like getting getting the licenses for the game, selling the licenses for the game. Well, people buy them. You know, there's there's a huge market for it. Steam itself has become the v market, the v go to store to buy online games digitally. People refuse. No, 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying it wrong. I'm just saying that like you, 
you'd think in comparison to Sony or Microsoft, like their online stores, that they would be losing money. Oh, you mean on paper, like not... this is the sort of thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, on paper, but it, it's it's actually quite the opposite. They're still making more money than all these places, right? And it's because of I don't I don't know why. I I'm sure there's uh, consumer trust. Like the... Yeah, consumers trust them. Much. They've they haven't let people down in that aspect. Yeah, I'm sure uh, there's a reason out there somewhere. I'm just unfamiliar with it. I think the main thing is that um, the there's a massive user base for um, Steam. I think this weekend there's something like 10 million people on Steam at one day. And then like when the Dota tournaments were on, it was something like 200 million. It's something crazy Jeez. like that. Um, and they just get this insane amount of um, people just constantly buying games. So, like, they probably make a deal with the developers saying, oh, this we want to sell your game for this much. This is how much we get because you've got your game on this distribution center, all that sort of stuff. They get a lot of deals to do discounts, and they're notorious for it. They're notorious for 70% discount, 80% discount, 90% off sometimes uh, for games. Uh, for games that have been released in the past 10 years. and those prices are unheard of compared yeah, to retail. They do. Um, in, they in do retail. Some absolutely insane um, sales. And they do it because they know that they can sell it. They know that people are going to buy it. And it doesn't cost anyone anything. It's it's a purely profit. Once they have the license for it, it's pure profit at that point. Yeah, well, when you take a look at how big the actual user base is, you don't really like understand like how much they would make out of every single sale that they do like they do some insane amounts of sales they they probably pay a lot more to the company for each game license that they get but they make a lot more money in return they're they're, they're gonna yeah get they would um and now they get they, they i'm guessing they buy or they they have a, a healthy relationship with a lot of these companies so because they don't try to circumvent retailers by offering day one discounts uh, they wait until reshows. No, they, they they wait a long time to offer discounts on like new releases games. Right, and even that then, it's okay it's... because their library is so huge. It's like you don't need the new releases. Mm -hmm. They have like every game ever. Anyway, all time. Over the summer, GameStop had like a like a buy two get one free sale, and like along with um, if you're a power up to reward member, you got like discounts on every game you bought. Mm -hmm. I think I ended up getting something like Silent Hill Shattered Memories, um, Sin and Punishment Star Successor, and I can't remember the third game, but I think I like it was like just three really good Wii games, and they were all like 15 bucks all together, just all like complete physical copies, and it was great. Right. And I love doing that. I love... Um, I love like going to you know used bookstores or GameStop or something and just getting a bunch of really great games, but they're all you know used, you know. Old, uh, but uh, older used in copies. good condition is great. Yeah, but it's it's great because since we're at the end of the PS3 360 Wii generation, all these games are super cheap right now. Mm -hmm. Hell, even new games are super cheap. I was in Best Buy yesterday and they had Dragon Age Inquisition, a game that came out what last year. Mm -hmm. Ten dollars on the PS3. Damn, seriously? Oh, why would you get on the? Why yeah, would you get it on the absurd. old generation? Not like the. Yeah, generation. how would that even run? I, that's. I guess that's the idea. Why because, the, because the price the is so low? Because they no don't have the DLC. The gen. No one's buying the old gen versions, but I mean, it's the same game and it's super cheap. No, but you get like, the, the DLC well. with the next gen run, ones, or the PC. Um, but regardless, uh, I think I think we answered his question. Yeah, just still not on Steam. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um. 
I wanted to ask you guys about another. Do you guys want to do another fan topic, or do you want to break yeah, away? Hell yeah, let's do all of them. All right. I mean, we yeah, are going to. We have a lot of time real. left. Yeah, let's just do it. All right. I was just pile through it. All right. Um. So this one I've had a lot of trouble with. Uh, Jacob asks, "What are everyone's top three games of oh, all time? Good. Top three oh. favorite games of all time? Doesn't necessarily have to be a Zelda game." And Chris can't include Kingdom Hearts because <laughs> I know that already. That's. I mean, it's fine. I don't have to include Kingdom Hearts, but I don't. You're have... lucky. You're <laughs> lucky. You don't have to include Kingdom Hearts because, oh my God, three games, <laughs> three. If I had to choose three, that'd be really hard. And I don't have to include a Zelda game. Either, I got it down to. Set... Oh, if I don't have to include Zelda games, I'm still at six. Like and that's I, after I have... like some heavy cuts. The thing is, I have a top ten of all time that I will never change. I, I I'm pretty sure that it solidified my top ten of all time. Okay. Um. And if you if you subtract Kingdom Hearts specifically Kingdom Hearts two and Majora's Mask, it still leaves me with eight choices that I have to choose between. Um, I would I'm just gonna I, I have six right now, and that doesn't even include anything that was released in the past year or two years actually. Um, mm-hmm. so just say the ones that you feel comfortable saying for now. I'm not gonna limit everyone to three because that's that's a little bit too much. <laughs> uh, that's that's fine. Um. Adam, I think you should... If you already have yours, I'd love to hear them. Oh, okay. Um, these are in no particular order, so don't uh, assume numbers mean anything. So wait, how, how many are you doing? Six? Six. Or... I have six that I've boiled it down to. Um, if I was only given six games, essentially, these would be the six. Uh, and none of them are Zelda-based, uh, and it's not. none of them are Kingdom Hearts. So, uh, first, Skies of Arcadia. Uh... Knights of the Old Republic would be number two. Third would be Wait, Knights of the Old Republic 1 or Knights of the Old Republic 2? Knights of the Old Republic 1. Okay. Uh, number three would be Stanley Parable. Uh, comp- number four would be Pokemon Soul Silver, and I'll explain why in a, in a bit. Uh, five would be Kirby Air Ride, and six would be Verdun. I completely forgot about um, Stanley Parable, damn it. The reason that I said... <laughs> the reason... You can have that on your list, too. The reason why I said Pokemon Soul Silver is because two of the games that would occupy this list if it was longer than ten would be Pokemon Silver and Pokemon Yellow. Uh, well, Pokemon Crystal essentially, but I just refer to Silver because that was the one that I played the most. Because um, I think those are two of the best Pokemon games ever made, uh, and You're I think that lying. Pokemon Soul Silver is probably the best. The best of both worlds. Yeah, because it combines those games. It combines everything I love about those games into one package uh, with updated uh... graphics. I grant you a kiss in the forehead, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Kirby Air Ride is probably one of my favorite games of all time, hands down. Uh, it is, to me, Sakurai's magnum opus. I think it's one of the m- most enjoyable games that I've ever played, and I will continue to play. Um, I've never gotten tired of it, and I don't think I ever will. Uh, Verdun is probably just the only shooter that I actually love. Uh, and Colin knows why. Uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. It's they love. It was just updated today with the new uh, engine. Update. Isn't that it's so wonderful? They they care so much. I think. I don't know. Verdun is just great. If you haven't played Verdun, please go out and try it. It's independent game. It's like twenty bucks. I think. Uh, yeah. It's a World War One shooter where the focus isn't on gunfire; it's on trench warfare. So. If you want an actually smart first-person shooter, pick up for Dune. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, what do you, what do you guys have on your lists? 
I'll go. I'll go to me because why the hell not? I, I would assume um, you'd go to Luke or something. <laughs> uh, I I I'd say I I just want to preface Colin. I I feel like you have the most uh, obscure choices out of all of us. Just yeah, because, I do. Just because I, I you're your vast game library of both retro and I'm probably going to hate myself later. Vast. By the way, for not mentioning certain games. Well, it's it's funny because. There, there is a lot of like weird, obscure things on my list, and but it's funny because most of those are not just from me owning a yeah. ton of games. It's from just growing up and somehow owning these games and really liking them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I know hands down, if there has to be a number one, it would be Doom. Doom is just, I think, one of the best games of all time. It is something that you can put onto literally anything. There are websites devoted to hacking Doom and porting it to every electronic device ever made. Um, and you can pick it up and play it on any platform, and it's great. It's just a magnum opus of uh, just 90s video games. Um, but other favorites out of order that I would include would be Vigilante 8 Second Offense, uh, which is a car combat game that's probably better than Twisted Metal. Uh, I love Fallout 3. Oh, Fallout 3 is fantastic. Half-Life's fantastic. I love the first Half-Life. I think I love the first Half-Life a lot more than Half-Life 2, which is an underrated opinion. Um, I love the Max Payne games. I love Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, just so on and there's, so forth. There's an absurd number of games that you could add on these lists. Yeah, but I I mean, let's see, what else <laughs> would I put in my, my top just whatever? Uh, Sweet Home. I think I mentioned that once. Mm-hmm. It's a really great uh, NES RPG that predates. It's pretty much just like the precursor to Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, Luke, what um, is on your so list? One of my favorite games of all time is uh, Shovel Knight, of course. Um, I also love... Welcome to the Trend. Um, Warframe, We Happy Few... Okay. Um, Enemy ex ex enemy unknown, um freaking Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. Portal, um Half Life, uh definitely with a Black Mesa skin. Um there was so many different games. Um every single one of the fallouts. Um Oh, um Thomas was alone as well. Borderlands just, just a shit ton of different games really. Um you like the first two Fallout games? Yes, I do. Um, they were quite excellent. I'm a big fan of strategy <laughs> games. Like I mentioned, um, XCOM: Enemy Unknown before, and that. So Civ and yeah. stuff. Um, you should play Civ with us sometime. Mm, yeah, you should. Adam and I play not frequently, but we play. We try often. to play frequently. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Civ is a very fun game. XCOM's fantastic. God, <laughs> Enemy Within is also a fantastic DLC. I loved it. Uh, Chris. Okay. Um, my I'm trying to organize it right now. Actually, I have it organized. Uh, and you know what? I'm I I think I'm I I'm happy with my list. And if you don't include, uh, Majora's Mask or Kingdom Hearts two in my in my top six, then here's what they would be. You could say in this order. Um, but they, they honestly they don't have to be. Uh, the very first one would be Jack and Dask Jack and Daxter: The Precursor Legacy. The first uh, one in the series for the PS2. All right. Uh, Halo 3. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2. Are you talking about the Mario one with the restored Kart- content, or are you talking about just the, the one that was released 
uh, originally? Um, I played the original one mo- more than any other one, but I recently started up the restored content uh, just this last week, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I would have included it on the list, but I, I don't really count it <laughs> because it, no, that's it, fine. Like I would, I would love to, but they didn't release it that way. Uh, that's a that's right, more right, mod. Right. Um, that's fine. Um, for nostalgia purposes, I put Mario Kart sixty four. Um, because I could go play the game till no end, even though it has really? n- no substance other than racing. <laughs> so I, um, I prefer Double Dash. That was actually on my like larger list. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> um, I have uh Pokemon Heart Gold. Uh, for the same reason as you, uh, it's the one I got. Chris, I think it's also I got Heart Gold. You get a kiss on the forehead. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, and here's one. I don't think it should be in my six. I think I should replace it with another one. But I'm gonna say because I played it within the last two years and I, I really enjoyed it it's, uh repetitive ass gameplay but um it it just it was good uh which is call of wars uh, was quite fun yes um, yes yeah um so i i really enjoyed the game even though it was just like run around and shoot things but just the story and the aesthetic and just like everything that was just around the game in general just made it so much Chris, more have like you played frags? i have not it is it is a multiplayer western. Shooter. Oh, that sounds free. Need to play it. Do you own it? It's free. It's oh, it's free. free. You can go on Steam and download it right now, and, and you can play it with us after the podcast. Yeah. I may do. Do you want to do that right after the show? Sure thing. I haven't played it in like a long yeah. time. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my list. Um, there are two others that are not. I'm just gonna mention them because I feel like they need to be mentioned because mm-hmm. they're equally good games. I I believe so. Uh, which is Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Far Cry Three. Both Ubisofts, uh, I believe, before the Ubisoft downfall, uh, they were the last two. <laughs> I say the downfall. I believe they were the last two of the best games ever made. And I also, I would say, Assassin's Creed Black Flag was an amazing game, and I love it. Uh, but it just, it didn't get me into the series like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Black. I liked um, Black Flag quite a bit. Um, it was quite a good game in comparison to Assassin's Creed Three. It was amazing. Um, I love, which was probably the Pirates. worst game. Uh, in a long time for the series, um, just full of glitches and all that, but I don't really want to get too much into that. But yeah, I just absolutely love the ship mechanics and everything in that game. Yeah. I I will say, though, out of my entire list, I'm really happy to have Jack and Daxter, Halo 3, and um, Night Republic 2 on there. Like, if if not Majora's Mask and Kingdom Hearts 2 on there, like, those three that I put there, like, those are the... I know they're always going to be in, like, top five, if, like, not top ten, um, but top five for sure. I think we we did a podcast about that where we talked about like you know how convoluted the series is getting. I think this is uh, well, I that think, series uh, from the beginning was, was one of the it. most complex I've ever seen in a video game franchise. The most like like from the beginning, they already I said like second oh the Metal Gear Solid what second to the Metal Gear Solid stories. <laughs> I think it even passes it in some aspects because um, like from the beginning they were like oh the Xehanort saga is just the first part in a series of, like, stories that we want to tell. And it's like, you want to tell, like, eight of these? It's like, yeah. Yeah, we want to do eight of these. Eight of these 20-game franchises. It's like, are you in... You know, Adam, I am a di- I'm a diehard fan. I know, I'm just saying, it's and... it's nuts how much they have. Like, they've said this for a long time. They've had these ideas that are going to span for decades. That's mm-hmm. nuts. People are going to have to go back and play games like... 20 years before they were born to understand the franchise. What if they keep making HD remixes so everything's on the most updated console? I would love They're going to have Kingdom Hearts the complete edition. It's going to be like 800,000 hours of gameplay. It'll And it'll still be incomplete because they're adding more. Yeah, they just keep adding um. stuff. 
new DLC but, um, worlds. Um, yeah. God. Uh, so, we have one more fan topic this week we can get into. Uh, but I do want to get into this whole thing about uh, YouTube's Red uh, membership. because I have a l- plenty of questions about that. Uh, questions go that, for it. Adam, I think you should preface what YouTube Red is for the viewers uh, who don't know. I'll I'll preface it. YouTube Red is a waste of time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, great preface. I'll I'll just say it right now. It's basically YouTube Red is a uh, monthly subscription service. Basically, nine ninety nine a month now has a uh, paid subscription service where you pay ten dollars a month, and the the bonuses are uh, all of the videos will be ad free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can now download videos for offline use and you know music purposes and you'll be and if you're on a mobile device you'll be able to play your videos in the background along with uh, certain youtubers making exclusive content uh that are it's just only for red subscribers i have to say that if if you actually if someone actually pays the ten dollar a month if someone's actually willing to spend 120 dollars a year just to get what is essentially ad block mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, YouTube downloads. Let me tell you what you, you'll mi- you'll be missing out on uh, if you don't pay for YouTube Red. You'll be missing out on such original shows next year as Scare PewDiePie, uh, the Laser Team movie. Oh no! Oh wait, uh, I'm excited for the Laser Team. But though. you can buy that. Uh, an yes, untitled right, College Humor Project. Mm. Fight of the Living Dead. Uh, and I am Tobuscus. Yeah. God, he's back. <laughs> yeah, he's he's still I around. We were done with I thought we were done with Tobuscus. Nope, he's never been. He he's never been gone. He made a mobile game, and then he had his dog Griffin, and now he's still here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're basically paying you. The crazy thing is, is that they're locking a really basic feature behind this paywall, and it's really unethical. Basically, what they're doing is, for $10 a month, one of the features that you get is the ability to play uh, YouTube videos on your phone and then turn off the screen of your phone. and So that the audio just still keeps playing. And that's a yeah. very easy thing to program, and they're locking it behind a $10 paywall? That's that's, no, unex- that's, absurd. that's unacceptable. It's, it's terrible. It's... In fact, if you have an iPhone, um, there is a app called ProTube, uh, and it it literally does everything that YouTube Red does. Honestly, aside from the exclusive content, if you download this app, you can mm-hmm. you can get ad block. Yeah. You can uh, you can download videos mm-hmm. and save them to your phone, and mm-hmm. you can play videos. In and the background. for those of you wondering, oh, what about uh, supporting YouTubers? Like, you know, this will pay for the. No, it won't. It's not going to. It's just it's, use, it's, just it's, use Tip Jar just use or t- Patreon. Yeah. Patreon Tip Jar. If they have a Kickstarter for something they're doing, do that. If they have an Indiegogo, do Indiegogo, do that. There are other ways to give your money directly to the people that you love instead of going through this BS. It's honestly I, not going to be going to whoever you like. It's going to be going to YouTube, and they're going to use that as part of the system for like the only thing it, sending it, out money. It benefits. Okay, yeah, like... I, I have a question about the, the the money aspect of it. Actually, mm-hmm. like that, I thought it. it was I thought it needed to be answered. Um, which my question is, uh, the, how, do, how does YouTube Red, like, affect the, the, the multi-channel networks, um, and the partners, like, does YouTube now have to make a deal with the networks, and is it gonna have to make new contracts 
like well, considering that contracts. YouTube loves to be so hush hush about literally every single thing. I guess yeah, that's probably no terrible. Clue. But um, in fact, I mean, I mean, YouTube's even bad with communicating with the people that actually make content. <laughs> yep. <for this> thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean, it seems like the only thing this this <clears throat> this actually benefits is people who primarily use YouTube on their phone. Mm-hmm. I if you if you have if you use YouTube on the desktop or Xbox or you know PlayStation or Wii U, none of these things will actually benefit you in any way. Oh, and if you at all, yeah, because on on an actual desktop, you can just you know install some browser extensions or use some third party applications. And on the console, it's not like they're gonna program in downloading. YouTube has declined play. to share the exact terms of the split. But the company said the vast majority of subscription payments would go to creators. This is from an article on Wired that was released today. Uh, I can link that down below. Um, but no, that, that that would involve that that would be different because the way that YouTube already does their money now is just like by minutes watched and stuff like that. Right? But no, no, like, but they're and ad revenue. That's the same thing as what they do. Already, it's it's no different. They're just saying that they're going to make that pot slightly bigger, so your minutes watched are going to oh, be worth make, more. It, but that doesn't really mean oh, much. Oh, that's interesting. That's going to be like, what, a millionth of a cent more? Yeah. It's, it's going to be absurdly small. I'd rather give the guy like $10 absurdly a month. Small to, absurdly small to you and I, and not absurdly small to uh Listen, PewDiePie. if you want to give, if you're not even going to give someone $10 a month, and you just want to spend a dollar a month giving to your favorite, just do that. Just do that. You're going to be giving them more money than you would be by watching their videos and If you like someone's content, YouTube. either, you know, right. donate to their Patreon, like, Share them around. Give them something on PayPal. Buy a T-shirt from them. Right. Like just promote them, not the platform they work on. The average semi-popular YouTuber has usually more than just YouTube to help support them. Right. Because most YouTubers will tell you that YouTube consumes them. Horrible, horrible job of supporting. Right. And it consumes their life just to do what they do. (laughs) It's it's a job, and they don't get paid for it. So, we have to pay them, in a way. Uh, to be honest, it feels like um, YouTube are just trying to compete with Netflix, which is just complete and utter rubbish, considering the fact that they... Oh, yeah, totally. They're well, just yeah, trying absolutely. to, like, compete with it, and they are completely different things. Thank you. Someone said it. It was complete and utter rubbish. The words just, it like, seems, on the It seems like a really bad decision in the wake of their fight with Twitch to keep people on their site. To pull off something like this, that's not going to be helping them out in the in the press. People are going to look them negatively yeah. for this. And I'm not saying competing with Twitch is a bad idea. No, no, they are. They they should be doing the that. They way. need to be doing that. But they yeah, but they're going. But they're doing Twitch? this on top of that, and it's not going to help them with that fight. They're, it's only going to help the competition. Yeah, yeah. Because Twitch has the same. Also, Twitch also has a uh, subscription service, but it's not nearly as uh, invasive. No, their their subscription service is, is more for the creators though. Right. It's it's more beneficial to the people actually on That's you know, the other thing. Producing content for Twitch rather than for Twitch itself. Yeah, Twitch gets um the the subscription service is four ninety nine a month and Twitch gets half of it, but the I other mean, half goes the other to half the director. Goes directly and doesn't go yeah. half like it doesn't go anywhere else. It goes directly to the creator. Right. Not to mention, they also have the uh, donation link down uh, below the video most of the time, where you can uh, click on it and donate, say, a dollar to the person that is streaming the uh, game. And even though, yeah, and even those, it's just only ten percent. But the thing is, the subscription service is monthly services. 
you get the, uh it's like they do 4.99 a month and it's like and when the donations are like one time donation right no but even the donations they only the most services only take 10% which is less than half but i mean like either way it's still it's still a wonder a better a better way to to support the creators and people that you watch than what youtube yeah. is doing right um do you guys want to switch topics or do you have sure. more you want to send us I uh, mean, just vote. don't don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't. Here's what you can do: don't. install AdBlock on your computer, and then yeah. donate donate to the Patreons and the tip jars and the Twitch streams of these people that you like to watch. And if they don't have them, recommend they get them because they then tell them you're not going to get my money <laughs> through the ads yeah. if you're not. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> AdBlock. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just just AdBlock. I think most content creators even just say use AdBlock. Because they're not getting yeah. much from it. They they Most of them have they, Patreons yeah. now for mm-hmm. a reason. Uh, but anyway, let's talk a little bit about uh, music in the franchise. Jacob asks, what would be an interesting music genre to feature in the future Zelda game? Examples, metal, dubstep, classical, acapella, techno, Folk pop. I'm honestly just naming the weirdest genres I can imagine for a Zelda game, Jacob. Definitely. And if you have any of your own <laughs> fan topics, theme song submissions, or anything like that, feel free to send that to us at zeldainformerpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's zeldainformerpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Jacob. Thank you to Owen, Martin, and Gene for your topics this week, uh, and Austin. So, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, what do you guys think would be the strangest? Genre. I personally think techno would be very strange to see in a Zelda series. Techno would be the future Zelda game, and uh, I'm like I've said this in the past before. I'm not opposed to the future Zelda game. However, everyone says no because then what happens to magic and stuff like that? Well, that's the idea of high tech futuristic type. Techno stuff. magic is a what? thing. <coughs> techno magic. Like, yeah, I'm gonna say it because no one else is gonna say it. Psychedelic <laughs> acid rock. Oh my god! <laughs> in a Zelda title. I I would actually not be opposed if there was what like, if there was like the trippiest Zelda game. There ever. needs to be more games with psychedelic acid rock. There, there's not many. That's just a, Are that's there such any? a specific genre. No, it isn't. It's just anything made from 1966 to 1968. Power so like, of the rap of the Zelda game. Oh, um, what? Oh, actually, that, that I uh, the last game, Far Cry Three has a dubstep yeah. scene mm-hmm. right? when you're there's a the Skrillex. Weeds. Yeah, it's I love oh that my scene. God. Yeah. He's just like this is awesome. Yeah, it's funny because uh, it's like him just like going on a like he's he's highest he's high at, at, out of his mind and he's just burning an entire wheel like field of drugs and getting high off the fumes. And then he has to dodge the bullets coming from the enemies. <laughs> um There's a there's a there's a Skrillex scene in Black Ops too, and it's it's beautiful, as dumb as Skrillex. Is it well, Skrillex the is the one who did the Far yeah, Cry the... one as well, so Yeah. I mean, as it dumb was... as that scene is, it's so much great fun. It's so well done as well. It's yeah, it's great. Good job, Skrillex. <laughs> um, Yo, Skrill, honestly... drop the bass. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a really good genre that would fit Zelda. Like, I I like the the classical themes that they have now, um, because you know classical. What if they had jazz in Zelda, like smooth jazz? <laughs> that would be how would that why that wouldn't work though. Like, what if like you went to uh like the the milk bars and uh just would play smooth jazz and be like, Doom. when are we gonna get a neo noir uh Legend of Zelda title? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great because Zelda's missing and Link's on the case. 
And uh <laughs> <laughs> the whole game was in black and white and and like there were a lot of like silhouettes. You know what? Everywhere. That's a, that's a thing that Noir did, and I I, w- I hope I wish more games actually did that. Do their whole game in black and white. I actually really there's 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 one game called hmm. Bullets and Blues on Steam, which I recommend by the way. It's like if La Noir and uh, a Telltale game had a baby, and the whole game's in black and white except for anything red. I like that the I... use of like limited color scopes. It, it there's a. It requires a, uh, a delicate hand and a master. My, only, my like... only issue with that is that there's a lot of things that are red in the game environment. Oh, uh, that's not good. So it ends up just being like just red and then black and white. I, I didn't want to play on a virtual boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what if I had a I had a yeah, thing in my head oh, already? Don't let me forget it. Oh, don't, don't let me... you? Um, I had an idea. What if they had like opera in Legend of Zelda? I mean, they, it goes with the orchestra without saying to have sort of opera yeah, elements. Yeah, what if it's more like what if it's more like like a, a straight like up opera? That would opera. be dumb. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Don't be quiet. Anyway, uh, yeah. do you guys want to get into our last fan topic this week? So, Gene asks, curious to what you guys think about the Symphony of the Goddesses, whether you've watched it live or online. I saw them live about four months ago and was extremely underwhelmed. Everyone around me was cheering, <gasps> but I just sat there don't. thinking what a tame performance they were putting on. I would have loved them to be more artistic, to have more artistic liberty with the tracks instead of using fanfare every two minutes and sounding so formulaic. Gene. Thank you, Gene. Um, blame Nintendo. I apologize about your experience. Uh, part of it, the the orchestra themselves travel. Uh, I think the choirs are local for the most part. So they'll usually get local either high schoolers or just choir groups to be their course for the the, the uh, performance um artistic liberty it really amounts to the conductor uh and they're under a lot of pressure from nintendo to perform things in a very strict way so there's not much they can do i think you're complaining more about how the uh the 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 concert was composed like how the songs transition and everything and I do feel like there could be some improvements made, but I thought it was fantastic. Um, I think you might have been expecting a little bit too much from the actual performance as opposed to appreciating the live aspect of the performance and the quality of hearing it live, um, which is really what you're going there for. Uh, and then to hang out with some cool people that also like Zelda and make friends and stuff. Uh, or to see a cool yes, speaker. friendship. No, no, I'm just saying... Uh, I think Symphony of, Symphony of the Goddesses is a very fantastic show to go to. I think if you can, you should definitely check it out. Uh, I haven't been to the latest concert series, uh, and I don't know if I will be going again anytime because it's expensive. Uh, it's like thirty bucks. Last time I checked, or last when I paid, it was like thirty. I think bucks. it's it. It's not that it's expensive in terms. Of, yeah, thirty dollars, but like for you because you're you weren't in the location. Right, that's part of it. If, if even if it's in, if it's in town and you can get your way there, it's thirty bucks. That's not a lot for what they're what they're charging. It's an orchestra. You know, you're you're going to see professional classical music being like played by professionals. You're you're not going to see a, a rock band or something. You're going to see people that have trained in their craft, that have mastered the the finer mechanics of their craft, who are uh, in their own right, experts, and you should uh, appreciate the technicality of what they're doing. What you see as formulaic, I see as uh, skill. The ability to play that consistently over and over again, 
and each performance be as stunning as the last one. Uh, but if you're going there looking for something else, you may be underwhelmed. So I don't, I understand why you felt that way, but I don't necessarily agree. I just want them to hurry up and come to Australia already. Well, Australia is a very far location, so and it's like it's one stop. It's Australia. You don't just other <coughs> continents. It's there's a variety of locations you can go to very easily. With Australia, it's. I feel like what Gene would have really liked is something like video games live. Yeah, he would have liked that. Um, though, as I said, I don't, I don't know personally his tastes or. What really well, he seems to want let, something let, that's more like an exploration of these of these songs, as opposed to trying to play them oh, in a more cool. complex fashion. So, yeah. Uh, one thing that I saw was uh, a guy speeding speed running through Mega Man while a live rock band played the music. I think he'd appreciate that, uh, especially because they had to kind of think on their feet. Uh, as soon as something would happen, they'd have to change. I've I've seen video games live once, and it was a blast. Yeah. It was. Uh... Something definitely to check out yeah. if it plays near you. And they usually do. They're always touring. So, yeah. check that out, folks. Alright. Um, I had one last topic I wanted to get into uh, before we left. Uh, we're about getting about the time where we're going to start wrapping up. <laughs> uh, Actually, I have an antidote to include. Go for it. Um, pertain- an antidote or anecdote? Uh, a, a dick. Anyway, <laughs> so last week Someone asked us uh, what a game we were really excited for and then let us down when it was released. Mm-hmm. And I sort of yep. stretched out that question to into, uh, to include games that I loved at launch but then progressively got worse. That game for me was Payday 2. Right, we need to talk about this. And, and uh, coincidentally enough, the day after uh, we recorded the podcast, Overkill, the company that made Payday 2... Um, decided to kick off their week of free content that they do every year by including microtransactions, uh, like pay-to-win microtransactions into Payday 2. Uh, and this was terrible for a couple of reasons. A, they're kicking off a week of absolutely free content by releasing not free content. You have to pay for, exactly. And two... They had previously stated multiple times uh, by different developers that they would never include microtransactions. To quote in- uh, one of the lead developers, no, God, no, I hope not, never, no, God, no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much uh, Steve Carell's quote from The Office. Yeah, no, no. Oh, uh, God, no, no God. No. <laughs> God, no. Oh yeah, when Toby came. Um, in. so because of that, they they faced quite the backlash. Um, mm-hmm. player the player count for Payday Two has dramatically decreased, and pretty much every every news site that has talked about the story has condemned Overkill for their actions, and they have said nothing on it. In fact, all they've done so far is actually uh took down threads on the Payday Two forums and have actually uh, blocked members from posting like players yeah. from posting reviews are getting adjusted to like destroy so the game i what is its review on steam right now let me see i'll check uh yeah but uh pretty much it's it's being slammed left and right and uh it's not as bad but i think it's it's still really bad especially considering the card drop system in payday 2 like most of 
how to get items in Payday 2 is and still is like a, a grind, a broken grind fest. Which Every is review one of the biggest is quite horrendous. If you go to the if you go to the review page on on Steam, yeah, it's it. You just keep loading, and it's just not recommended. Not recommended. Oh my god, this is so overwhelming. It's people with it. And it's not people. Just yeah, like, they have 150 hours on record, 700 it's... hours on record, 300 hours on record. These are insane numbers. This guy's a thousand three hundred seventeen hours on record, and he's giving it a not recommended. Mm. Yeah. It's, These people uh, love this game. They yeah. poured their heart into this game, and it's spit back in their face. It's... Nope. It's terrible. It's just it's just awful. It's it's really no good. It's really really no good. So anyway, <laughs> getting back on that topic. Uh, did you have something you wanted to mention? No, just we 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 cut you off. Oh, so all right. Uh, so if you guys had to put one non-Nintendo employee or developer in charge of the Zelda franchise, who would you pick and why? Just to clarify, Sakurai isn't technically a Nintendo employee, so he's fair game, if you wanted to include him. Hideo Kojima. Hideki Kamiya. Why do you say that? And why do you say Hideo Kojima? Play any platinum hack and slash and tell me that wouldn't translate to Zelda extremely well. Alright, and in my reason is because close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes right now, ready? Including the audience. Everyone close your eyes, listen listen to the sounds of my voice. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda created and directed by Hideo Kojima. Written by Hideo Kojima. Also everything by Hideo Starring Kojima. Starring Hideo it's Kojima. Like a photoshopped one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that's he not turns he turns to the camera and it's Hideo Kojima's face on a link model. <laughs> it's like wonderful. Yeah. Um, I think we talked. I actually, my my real answer, because I think we talked about this. In I really podcast. hope I see that in the comments below. I really a hope someone photoshops long... that. Oh my god! Please, someone <laughs> do it. Um, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, probably in the last year or so, we talked about a Western version of Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. So, uh, why not give it to our good friend, uh, a man who's well known for games like Skyrim and Fallout. Uh, I forgot his name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> really? no, not, not really, Bethesda. We're gonna bring up Todd. We're gonna Todd Howard. Yeah, I would why? <laughs> because uh, why? Because Skyrim and Fallout, and I would put him in charge of the Legend. It'd just of Zelda be like game. a horse. It'd be the buggiest the Legend of Zelda game to have ever like been made. But it would be charming. The bugs would be nice. Game. Not game breaking bugs. Like they would be ladybugs. Exactly. But uh, I want to say I want to see Todd Howard do his Zelda game. All right. Uh, called Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> Legend of Zelda, Skyrim. Uh, Terrible. But uh, And I like Fallout. One thing I wanted to mention uh, is that... Oh, we, we need to mention two things. Hideo Kojima has pretty much left Konami. Konami is saying, no, he's just on vacation. But everyone else is saying, yeah, he's pretty much gone. Uh, and... Uh, we're going to be getting news about Zelda U... In an article from Famitsu in a couple of weeks uh, in November, the article will be down below. Can... It's just funny that we're getting news about getting news later on. <laughs> we got some NX news. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't brought which, up. Which which one are you? Which what are you referring the, to? Oh, is it the dev, the, the dev kits? Uh, yeah, the dev kits the for the card. NX have apparently gone out. Ooh, and... but it's it, it they, but they're not selling out like the physical things. They're just sending out the SDKs. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean for those people who don't? Yeah. 
necessarily. The SDKs are like the software development okay. kits. There you so go. So basically, for people that want to start programming for this game <laughs> when it comes out eventually. Yep. System, yeah. All right. But no one has any physical system. Okay. Oh. Uh, but according to sort of rumors and and reports and all that, apparently they've decided to just jam pack the thing with um high end components and try to make it more powerful than the current two consoles. I don't know. If that's Do you think true. that would be a good decision? Good luck. Um, yes. I mean, yeah. I think Nintendo often has like a history support. of being an underpowered console. No, because the Super Nintendo and the GameCube and the N64. The, the, the GameCube isn't known but for being Wii a powerful U. console. The Wii isn't known but for the being a powerful U. console. Yeah, but the Wii and the Wii U. Um, uh, I'm just saying reputation-wise. I mean, as long as they actually get some third-party backing on it, I think that's really what's going to make or break right. it. With a powerful console, they'll get third-party backing. Well, I don't know, because <coughs> the Wii U itself, I mean, it's definitely not the most powerful system, but it's much more powerful what? than the, the 360 and the PS3, and yet developers were still making up uh, BS about how it wasn't as powerful as those You know, two. what they need, they don't even need third-party support necessarily, but like, what they should invest in, you, you guys know, the term second-party isn't really used. Ever because it's not like it a term, is. It is a term. It's it, basically uh, what, yeah, yeah. What it means is like Cal Laboratories when, uh, is when a Nintendo... second party company. Yeah, so like it's it's like when Nintendo wants to get a, a developer that isn't solely just a part of Nintendo. So let's say they wanted to get Platinum to well, Platinum already makes made games for the Wii U, I guess. Um, but let's say they want to do make tell Platinum to make more Wii U games and stuff like that. Like I think they need to get that second party type stuff. Like hey, tell Ubisoft to make a game just for us. Like what if they no, what they exclusive? what they end up doing is Nintendo basically forms. Did you just say what if there was an exclusive? Rayman? I know there was the Raging Rabbits and stuff like that. No, no there was a no. recent one, Rayman we Legends. Already, we already know what happened, and then they released Legends on all the other systems anyway. Yeah. Well, second also, party would be if Legends, like if hey. Nintendo said we want to have a studio that's going to make games for us, so they form a new studio, uh, and they only make also, games yeah. for Nintendo. That's essentially what a second party also, studio while, is. They're not a st- while we're at <laughs> it. While we're at it. What if Ubisoft made us exclusive games? They did. It was called Red Steel and Zombie U. And Zombie U's now on the other platforms. Oh my god. Everyone hates Red Steel. They made Red Steel? Yes, they did. I remember did. when that game first I came out. I have Red out. Steel that too. First... That was the first Wii game I ever played, and it was the yeah. biggest experience of my Fun life. Fun fact, I actually owned Red Steel before I had the Wii. <laughs> For Christmas of 2006, I actually received a copy of Red Steel. but Because, you know, the Wii... Uh, I didn't actually have the console to play it on. So I just had Red Steel and I think Twilight Princess as well. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm still in the mindset that Nintendo is just a first-party console to me. But they need to branch out if they need to make money and they want to survive. They have a console. lot of third-party games, they just don't have ones that are necessarily big enough to get, grab people's attention. But that's a conversation <laughs> way, folks, for another you, week. If you have a Wii U, while we're on the topic, if you have a Wii U, go check out Fatal Frame. By the time this podcast it up, is up, it should be mm-hmm. out. Um, they're doing a cool little thing where the first couple of chapters are absolutely free to mm-hmm. download and play, and then if you want to, you can pay for the rest of the game. It's been getting some pretty decent reviews. It, it hasn't been slammed yes. like Devil's Third. Uh, uh, and the Fatal Frame games are usually and good. And please, so, yeah. please, if you call yourself a Zelda fan, get Triforce Heroes. I honestly cannot if push If you don't call yourself much... a Zelda fan, also get Triforce Heroes. I, I honestly cannot say express my interest in people playing this game more. It's one of my favorite games of E3. It is one of my favorite Zelda games I've ever seen, 
and I think it is one of the smartest games that Nintendo has made in a long time. Because it actually shows... And if you're a true video game fan, go get History Channel Civil War for the Xbox 360 and PS2. It is a masterpiece. <laughs> actually, maybe it would be interesting if we played a little Triforce Heroes with the audience, Adam. Maybe someday. Uh, but for now, I've been Adam. Wait, wait, wait. Thank you for joining us. This week's closing theme is once again brought to you by Jish. It does the Hero of Time remix. Check them out down below. Check out the person who made this week's cover banner down below. Uh, thank you to you, Luke, Chris, and Colin for joining me this week. Adam, uh, yeah. keep um. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to do a couple of things before we uh, close it off. First things first, I just wanted to. Um, oh yeah, we had we were too busy having fun. Yeah, to announce the uh, winner. To mention that. Um, it, it goes to um, Eli Gannon, also known as at Eli Juraschek. I'm not sure if I butchered that name or not, but there it goes. You're going to get a message in your inbox. I also wanted to talk if about... <laughs> if you did what we said and followed people on Twitter. <laughs> Woo! Um, I also wanted to um, talk about a Minecraft series for a second. Um, I kind of put it into editing and it wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. It wasn't really the best sort of um, it could have been, which made me kind of upset. So I talked to the people I'm doing it with and we've all decided to refilm it um, and I'll be sure to post more on that when we have the time and we're all um, ready to do that. All right. On a similar topic, I've been uploading to my YouTube channel a lot more with, with dumb little videos that I enjoy. That I, I just don't understand, honestly. <laughs> and on my final note, because I know we need to end this, um, I saw Nintendo Indirect trending on Twitter today. Can we keep that going, please? What happened? What's... Nin Nintendo Indirect. What's was trending. The, what's the dealio uh, with that? Is that just, I, it, they it haven't was just done a direct in a while. Exactly, and so it's just people making a BS and just. I doubt we'll see one until. Oh, it's, it's, we'll I talk mean, about this next week, but the, I doubt uh, we'll see one. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about. I it doubt next we'll week. see one until November. I'll explain why next week. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Adam. This is Colin, Chris, Luke. Bye bye, guys. Bye. Oh, see ya. Baby. Poyo, poyo, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out.
Well, someone's in Orlando for what? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was in Orlando, but he wasn't driving there. He was with another friend. Uh, they went to Halloween Horror Nights, and they stayed at another friend's house. So I didn't even go with him. You should have both come, and we could have had an orgy. Or a threesome. Uh, well, that is expensive. Orgasms are expensive, yeah. I would pay for all the orgasms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, do you want to start? Uh, hey everybody, welcome to the no, Zone Horror Podcast. I'm, you said you, no. I do you want to start, start the episode? God. <laughs> oh, 